Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering you to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway Pierce. Welcome to the Seaway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply by improving the quality of our personal, professional, and spiritual relationships. This is a continuation of our Moments to Be series with today's topic being entitled, Don't Give Up. If we were to pick another uh, title for this show, it would be the power of persistence. If you've been following the series, you already know that we talk a lot about getting out of the inertia of life as usual and taking steps to achieve your dream. That's what a lot of our moments to be uh, are about. Last month was an iconic episode for this idea that was entitled, Do It Anyway. If you didn't listen to it, check it out because it is a precursor to this show. You can find it on demand at thespeedwayshow.com, and you can listen to it at your leisure. Up until now, though, we have focused on getting you moving towards your goal. Today, we are going to talk about what to do when the excitement of the goal wears off. You have taken the first wonderful steps, and for whatever reason, you feel like your efforts have either plateaued, or maybe it's just not fun anymore, and the excitement's not there. What now? Do you come up with a new goal? Do you abandon the efforts that you've made so far? That's what we're going to talk about. And to help us talk through these potentially dark days is my guest, Barbara Hoffmeister, Amazon.com best-selling author of the To Be book, uh, which is actually officially called To Be or Not To Be, The Choice Is Yours, because indeed it is. And she also created the Moments To Be CD, uh, with the Moments to Be series, which is what actually this, these um, many of these shows are based on. So you can check out past Moments to Be shows by going to the website, thecuashow.com, click on the link for episodes in the top navigation, and select Moments to Be, and you will see them all. If you haven't already, pick up a copy of Barbara's audio CD entitled Moments to Be, and you can pick that up if you go to any one of the episodes and click on the box describing the show. You can get the link to her audio CD. You can also get to it directly on Barbara's website at www.barbarahoffmeister.com. That's Hoffmeister with one F. A bit more about Barbara. In addition to being a best-selling author, she is an internationally renowned speaker and expert on the topic of human growth. In the last few years alone, she spoke to over 15,000 people, helping them to get their dreams back and the courage to make those dreams come true. Barbara, welcome to the CUA Show. Well, thank you very, very much for that lovely introduction, Spirit. 
I look forward to our show today because we are talking about very exciting and also very important topics, I think. Yes. Because when the motivation leaves us, it's very easy to get stuck and then forget about your dreams and your goals. And we don't want that to happen. No, we most certainly don't. And um, let us get right into our topic. The first thing I'm going to ask you is the thing that I ask every one of our guests. And this is for those of you who are joining us for the first time. Um, One of the things that makes this show so different is our focus on the life manual because at the end of the day, Love conquers everything, and we can, if we can get all of you to behave in a more loving way towards each other, uh, then we believe that this world will indeed be a better place. And to help us do that, we like to uh, think, at least spend a moment thinking about spirituality-type questions. And um, I ask all my guests if they use a life manual, and if they don't, I ask them about their Um, uh, philosophy on spirituality. And for those of us who are wondering uh, what a life manual is, it is the manual that comes with your body, mind, and spirit. It is your instruction manual for life. Depending on your personal persuasion, that might be the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Bible, or some other book that speaks to you. So, Barbara, let's dispense with our first question. Uh, what is, do you use a manual, and if not, what is your philosophy on spirituality? I don't use a manual. We talked about that already before. And I don't use a manual not because I don't think there is a lot of incredible information in them. I have read most, actually most of them for most religions, not in detail, and I have not studied them, but I have read the Bible, and I have read the parts of the Koran, I have read parts of the uh, Hebrew religion, and so on and so on. But my philosophy, first of all, the closest I get to a religion is Buddhism, probably, because that's very free, and we don't say, please give me, Mm-hmm. As we do in most other religions, you know, in Buddhism, you ask for enlightenment to get the answers. And I like that because that puts the ball back into your court, you know. It means that you are responsible. You are getting help, yes, but you are responsible to make it happen. And, and that's really also my philosophy, that we are responsible for making our life happen and making it work. And if it doesn't, you know... Get some help, get some spiritual help by all means, you know, but don't depend on it fully. Like some people, they just, you know, in some, especially in the Christian church, I've seen that in, in a lot of churches in the southern countries, southern Mediterranean countries, you see that that people go to the church and then they they have this tin leg or tin arm or tin heart or whatever, and they you know, they give it to the church and pray because they've got some problem with their arm or with their heart or with, you know, other parts of their body. And they say, okay, I'm giving you this tin thing that looks like where my problem is. (laughs) And now you, God, are responsible to make it work again. And then they go home, you know, and they have a three-course lunch with lots of wine, and then they go to sleep for a nap. You know, that's what they do in, in, in Spain, for instance, where, where I have a house and uh, where I love to stay. And and 
you know, they they put the responsibility out there, let God fix it. And I oh, don't, wow. you know, that doesn't go with my philosophy very well. I think and we need to take responsibility. We have to help. It is in our hands. And, of course, yes, we get help, but only when we believe and when we move towards what we want. And this is when we get help, and it's the same with your health. If you are not well, then you need to change your lifestyle. You need to look what's been going on. You know, I mean, if people, some people are so grossly overweight uh, in many countries, not only in the States, and they don't change their lifestyle. They run to the doctor, they take pills and more pills and more pills, and then they wonder why they get seriously ill. We shouldn't mm-hmm. wonder about that. You know, that's in our hands. So I'm twisting off. I'm going on to a rent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 you know, it's so in line with our topic, though, because it's really all about self-empowerment, isn't it? Because God gives you the tools, the intelligence, the experience, the wisdom, the life experiences to do the things that you should do and need to do if you choose to take that power and and actually execute and and you're right i think he will help you but um it's like that old story about the 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 person who goes to god every day and says please please let me win the lottery and finally one day god is so exasperated he says go buy a ticket (laughs) exactly exactly, you know you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket and uh there are lots of things that you cannot see um materializing your life if you don't make the effort. And um, so it's it's a very, you know, I, I find that to be actually a very interesting philosophy that, that, that you talk about in the context of Buddhism because I didn't really know very much about Buddhism, so I didn't, I, I'd never understood that. And for you listeners who are wondering, um, you know, Barbara is talking about the southern Mediterranean countries, uh, which she knows because she lives in Germany, which is one of the wonders of technology. So this morning she's in Germany. I am in Minnesota, um, which is where I live most of the time when I'm not everywhere else. But uh, let's jump into our topic. The goal has been set. The person has started heading down the path of execution, and then things just come to a standstill or a really sluggish slowdown. Barbara, in your experience, what are the most common reasons why this happens? One of the reasons is that we lose faith, that we lose sight of our vision. You know, we lose sight of our dream. We lose sight of the reason why we are making this effort. That's one of the reasons. Another reason is that people from the outside, you know, family, friend members, they say, ah, oh, it's not going to work. Why are you, you know, why are you trying to do this? It's not going to work anyway. Or uh, you're not made for this. Or you're too old to start something new. Or, you know, this type of well-meaning maybe, but still negative talk that we get from the outside world. And some of us, when we are not 100% sure that this is what we want and this is what we're going to (laughs) get, this is what we're going to do with our life, then, of course, it's very easy to dissuade us and, and to put us off course. And we start questioning ourselves and our reasons. And when that starts, you really need to sit yourself down and 
you know, start focusing again. What it is I what is it that I truly want and why do I want it? And you need to do that again. Because you know, if if you sway you might be like a like a flag in the wind, you know. When the wind comes, it goes from one side to another, from one side to another. And if you feel like that, you will not have the power to move through the obstacles and through the hurdles that are coming our way. You know, no matter what we do, we will have them. When we have a strong conviction, we really believe we can see it, you know, we can see the vision that we want to achieve, you know, where we want to go. When we feel that, then the swaying doesn't happen. The wind cannot sway us. Our friends cannot sway us. Our family members cannot sway us. We say, yeah, okay, that's your opinion. You don't have the same dream. Mm -hmm. We don't always, you know, we don't have the same dream as other people. That's ours. And this is why, because it is ours, we can make it happen. And another person maybe could not. And that's okay yeah. because they have a different dream and they can make their dream happen if they so choose. Well, now, is it true, uh, is it also true that sometimes people approach their goals like a sprint instead of a marathon? And so, you know, you start at the finish, at the start line and the gun goes off and you're like, yes, and off you go and you go sprint, 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 and then you just kind of lose steam. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a good description. And, of course, it's very true, yeah. You know, sometimes when we have a new idea, we get really excited about it. And, oh, great, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then we start going in that direction, and as you said, we sprint. You know, we are so hyped up. We love the idea. This is what I'm going to do. This is going to be perfect. And we run too fast. (laughs) We get carried away. We run too fast. We don't see the obstacle or the hurdle in the way we fall on our face and we hurt ourselves and we say, oops, that didn't hurt, Mm. that didn't work, so maybe this is not meant to be for me. So this is when the doubt sets in, this is when, you know, the insecurity sets in, when we lose faith, when we start listening to other people. And I really recommend everybody that's listening, do not, Listen to other people in the sense of do not believe that what somebody else says is necessarily the truth because their truth is different than your truth. You have your own way of looking at life and you have your own dreams that you want to achieve and your truth is totally different to somebody else's even if they're close to you and that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing because we are unique. And every one of us has different skills and abilities. And that is why it is like that. So don't worry about it. Just, you know, be respectful and loving to everybody and make sure it comes from the heart and that you really mean it. However, they have their own dreams and you've got yours. And stick with yours. Yeah, I think it's a matter of of losing faith, really. And when people run too fast, we get out of breath and it's like, I'm never going to make it, you know, I just don't have the energy anymore. I've worked so hard, I've made so much effort, and Mm -hmm. you have made so much effort, that's why you said it's a sprint, you know, you put everything you got into that initial effort, but then you need to continue, you need to stay on track, 
And staying on track needs a really clear vision and a clear reason why you want whatever you want. Well, let me pick up on something that you just said, because I remember reading this in the To Be book, and I have heard it from other motivational speakers in the past, that you have to be careful about who you tell your dream to. Because sometimes, you alluded to this, that sometimes your family, your friends, because they have different ideas or because they may just have their own ideas about what they think you can and cannot accomplish, that this is maybe not the thing that you want to do to broadcast it to the world because sometimes that may come back and make you feel discouraged when people say, oh, you can't do that. Why, if that was such a great idea, how come nobody else has done it? You really think you can do that? You you sitting here? And um, so it, are there other things, Barbara, that people can do in order to, you know, at the very beginning of the planning process to, to, to head off the potential of burnout later down the road? Hmm. Good question. I mean, the potential of burnout in, in 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 almost any situation in life today is very, very present. And I really recommend people to give themselves an hour of silence a day. You know, give yourself that space that that you need, and we all need it, to think and to breathe. And I recommend that you do your hour of silence, or half an hour even, of silence, Outside, in nature, that's the best, you know, then you get some fresh air, you're with nature, you can, you know, ground yourself, you can really find yourself again. We need this space for ourselves, this breathing space, this place to sort out our thoughts uh, without any interference from, if possible, anybody. And please unplug yourself. I mean, do yourself that favor and unplug yourself for a certain amount of time every day. Do not have the plugs in your ears all the time, whether they're cell phone plugs or whether they're, you know, MP3 players or whatever you might be listening to. Unplug yourself for a little while every day. That will give you a lot of strength. It will give you more clarity also on... And, and your this feeling of overwhelm that I see in so many people today, and I'm doing a workshop here locally on, on time management, and people want just time management uh, 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 techniques. It doesn't work. You know, this is a holistic space. <laughs> it has to go with everything else. I can, tell, I, I can give you great time management techniques, but unless you are grounded, unless you are centered, unless you are in your middle, you know, and you really know what you want, it's not going to help you. And people have so many vague goals and vague ideas. They want more happiness, better health, more money. All of this is vague. If you have 10 cents more than five minutes ago, you've got more money. So, you know, mission fulfilled, <laughs> but that's not at all what people want. And so we need to be very, very clear, and this is why I recommend that people have a vision and really write that vision down, not just, you know, 
be vague again, as we tend to be. Think about it and have an idea. Oh, yeah, that would be a great idea. That sounds really good. And, yeah, I'm going to do that, you know. And you're excited. You do your sprint. And then things, you know, at the first opportunity when things go wrong, you give up. Yes. yes. And well, then, well, yeah. We so have for that. We have. Go ahead. No, for that, create a clear vision, a clear vision of what you want. I mean, a detailed, descriptive, vivid vision. You need to really live it, <laughs> you know, as if it's already there right now. And when you come to that point, you will also see, and, and you need to see that moment when you have actually achieved what you want. You know, there is always a certain moment when you know beyond a shadow of doubt, that you have done it. You've really done it. And you used marathon early on. And with the marathon, you know that when you have run so and so many miles and you go through that finishing line, you've really accomplished it. It doesn't matter if it took you longer than other people. That's not the point. But you have reached your goal. So the finish line it's a very clear indication that I've really done it. Now it's time to celebrate. And well, that's what, yeah, most people, they don't have a finish line, you know. They sort of have a goal, it's vague, then they start feebly walking towards it, or they run towards it, depending on the character. And then the first hurdle comes, and bloom, they stop. <laughs> you know, it's just like... <laughs> Oh, well, it didn't work. And then, of course, their friends would say, or their family members, you see, I told you. I told you it wasn't going to work. Mm. I happen to have a clip, so I've been really quite, kind of excited as, you're, as you've been talking because I'm thinking, I know just the clip to play that is going to uh, illustrate exactly what you are saying. This is one of the moments to be. Listeners, take a listen to this particular one on that vivid vision. Hi. This is Barbara Hofmeister from barbarahofmeister.com with her moments to be. And in our last session, I asked you to create a vision of your ideal day. And I want to use a quote that I just found. Give a lot of thought to your future because that is where you're going to spend the rest of your life. That's by Charles Kettering. Give a lot of thoughts to your future because that is where you will spend the rest of your life. So look once again at your dream vision of that ideal day and continue to improve it without limitations, without impossibilities because they are just in our minds. And if you've gone over it a few times, do it again. You can't do this often enough. And from now on, read your vivid vision at least twice a day. The best time is just after you wake up and before you go to bed because you are not ready for anything until you believe it can happen, until you really trust yourself, until you have faith in your own abilities. Shakespeare said, we know what we are, but we know not what we may be. You see, it's up to you to make that future happen. It is up to you to create who you may be. It's up to you. This is Barbara Hofmeister from barbarahofmeister.com with the moments to be.
Well, there you have it, listeners. This is the discussion that we are having today entitled Don't Give Up, or otherwise known as The Power of Persistence, for want of another topic. Um, the, the point, Barbara, that I thought was so significant in that clip is the fact that you talk about not just creating that vivid vision and making it really specific, but you also talk about looking at it twice a day. Why is that so important? So that you don't lose your way because it's very easy. I mean, we are all extremely busy, and, uh, you know, because of communication and, and all the new technologies, instead of slacking off with our amount of work, we tend to do more and more and more. We have more and more obligations mm-hmm. and uh, spend lots of time on social media and what have you. So we need to really learn to stick with our vision, to stick with our goals, with our uh, big dream if people have uh, decided to actually go for their dreams, which I hope they all will. That's why we're doing this series, really. It's very important because then it becomes real. Your subconscious does not know the difference between reality and fantasy. has no idea. Our subconscious creates 96 to 98% of our thoughts. Uh, subconsciously, we are not even aware of them. We can learn to become aware of part of them, at least, And uh, I teach that also in the book because I think it's important that we use that power that we have within us. And by having a very vivid vision, a very clear vision of where we want to go, that will help you enormously because your subconscious will think you're already there, you know, it's already happened. And it will start to open doors for you and it will show you opportunities that were there maybe before, but you did not see them. And this is why it is so important to really read it twice a day or to have it planted, you know, everywhere (laughs) where you see it all the time, just as a reminder, because after you've been reading it twice a day for a few days, you already know it by heart. And Mm -hmm. hopefully before you go to sleep, you visualize it, you know, because that's a wonderful vision to go to sleep with. That gives you subconscious the power to really work on your vision at night you know while you are resting your subconscious is still working and that will all work towards what you really want and it will start to become reality that's how it works one of the questions then that comes to my mind and i think this happens anytime you start you know you get you get down the road you start questioning that vision, that plan that you put together, and you start wondering if it was really the right plan. One of the things you talk about in the TV book is, you know, not only does your goal have to be specific, but you you want it to be big enough to be a stretch, but you also want it to be realistic enough to be achievable. How do you know when your goal is just simply unrealistic? So if you've got your subconscious that doesn't can't distinguish. How do you know, especially if you've gone down the path and you failed at it a couple of times, you've tried this, you've tried that, you start questioning, is this the right vision? Was this the right thing for me to try to do? How do you know if it wasn't too big? 
Well, first of all, you need to feel it. I mean, it's very important that you feel that emotion, you know. You you need to continue to feel the excitement even when the going is tough. That's when you need the motivation most. Mm-hmm. So that's also where where it helps to to really visualize your vision twice a day, to read it, and if if possible, you know, close your eyes and just go through it mentally. That's where the emotion starts. When you are emotional about it, I mean, we can achieve anything. There is no vision that is too big. It doesn't exist. We can achieve anything we want to achieve. However, what I mean with let it also be realistic is that if the vision is too big and too vague and too massive and you can't even imagine it, then you need to break it down. You need to break it down into smaller parts. And the closer you come to today, to where you are right now, the the smaller the steps or the smaller the goals are going to be because you know you need to take the next step. What is the next step? If you only look at the big picture, you don't know the next step. You Mm -hmm. might have a vague idea maybe, but normally we don't know that. So we need to break the big chunks down into smaller steps, smaller goals, and those have to be realistic. So having the vision, the dream, is, is different to actually setting goals. The goals are the smaller parts that, in their summary, add up to become the dream, add up to become the vision of who I want to become in this lifetime. So there's two different things. And the goals, you know, if, if I feel overwhelmed by a goal that I've written down and that I want to achieve then, again, I need to break it down. The biggest goal, the very biggest goal, can always be broken down into small steps that I can tick off every single day. And when you do that, when you tick stuff off every day, you will for sure continue to walk down that path because you actually close something. You know, you you have completion on something every day. And this is where I'm challenging myself quite often, you know, that I have so much on my plate that I, I just can't complete it. And that ends up, you end up in frustration. You feel really frustrated because you have the feeling that you're not achieving anything, you're not moving anywhere. And that's when you need to stop, take a deep breath, you know, calm down, <laughs> and then really break it down into smaller steps so that you can take something off every single day that is taking you in that direction. And this is when you when you reach enormous goals. People always, you know, they, they set 90-day goals, for instance, which is a good thing. But in 90 days, you cannot achieve that much if it is something, let's say you are in debt and you want to get out of debt, but you've got 200,000 debt. You're not going to achieve that in two or three months under normal circumstances. So you need to break it down into smaller steps or you want to lose uh, 50 pounds. You're not going to achieve that in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in the beginning you're going to lose weight fast, but as time progresses, it's going to slow down. You will have some plateaus. And for those moments, so that you don't get discouraged, you need a clear plan. You need to have the steps, you know, that you can tick off and you can say, yeah, I did my exercise today, I did my walk today, I did this today, great, you know, so you can feel good even so the scale didn't 
show you an improvement today. And that's how you don't give up. That's how you continue going and you you stay and persist because you know that you are taking the right steps that eventually will bring you the desired results. So I'm doing my day-to-day check-off-my-list process. And let's say I get to that point where I have been working on this one piece of the puzzle and I keep stumbling or I just can't seem to get it to work or I I feel like I'm failing. Is there a point where you look at it and you start to, and you should, reevaluate your entire vision if you can't get past a certain point or do you just keep going? Well, it depends what it is. You know, if something really doesn't work, then we need to be flexible because we've not done this type of thing maybe before. So obviously we could have taken the wrong approach and Mm -hmm. maybe this approach is not working. So of course we need to reevaluate. If it isn't working, we have to give it a look, you know. And this is also the moment when I recommend that you get some help maybe. You can get a coach, you can get a mentor, or a good friend that supports you Whatever you do, you know, somebody that is not, has no personal interest to stop you or has no personal interest to sort of put uh, anything in your path. On the contrary, a friend that is there to support you. I had some a friend here last week that supported me for two days because I was stuck in some stuff and I just sort of, yeah, <laughs> felt overwhelmed because I was not moving in the, I felt that I was moving in the right way. And I asked this friend, and he came, and he supported me, and he helped me with paperwork, and I, I really hate to do paperwork. So <laughs> when you do it with the second person, you know, you see that you're moving, it's, and it's much more fun, of course, and you can ask questions if you have any, you know, if you're not sure how to do that. And he did very manual work, you know, I mean, nothing that needed lots of intelligence or knowledge, mm-hmm. but because he was working and he was very focused, we didn't chat during the hours we worked, we were sitting opposite each other, and we were both working, and you can't imagine how much work we got done. That was because there was a focus there, an intention there, this is what we're going to do this afternoon. I am going to give my precious time to my friend Barbara because she asked for help, and together we achieved it. You know, we did it. I took the papers to my tax office yesterday. Hallelujah. And I'm really happy. It's off my desk and it's off my mind, you know. Sometimes we need to ask for help. And so if a friend can help you, ask for help. Do not depend on it. Uh, the other thing is get yourself a mentor or a coach. A mentor, the difference between mentor and coach is the mentor is somebody who's been there and done it and gives you advice, like mm-hmm. a consultant. A coach is someone who will help you to find your own answers. That's very, very different. So one person, the mentor, gives you advice because they know how to do it. They've done it before. So they might be able to give you some shortcuts. A coach will help you and support you so that you find the answers and you get it done. 
they hold you accountable, very effective. Both things are very effective when you have the right people, you know, people that really know what they're doing. So don't take someone that's too young and just uh, made their coaching certificate. You know, if you're really <laughs> stuck, you want someone a little bit older with lots of experience that know what they're doing and that can help you you know, overcome this little inertia or this little problem that you're challenging. And yes, we need to reevaluate to come back to your original question. We do we we reevaluate our life all the time. And of course, when you create that vision, I mean, my vision I share in my book, a vision of my perfect day. It's maybe 20 minutes of my perfect day, and it's three pages. This is how detailed it becomes. You don't write that in one day. And, of course, you adjust as you go along. You know, my vision has changed from what I've written in the book because it's been, you know, a couple of years since I finished the writing process. And things have slightly changed. My my way of looking at things has changed. You know, results are have come that I didn't expect, good results, not so good results, and I have adjusted. And that's fine because life is flow. You know, we're constantly in the flow, and that means that you need to be also flexible. But it doesn't mean that stop dreaming. You know, it doesn't mean, oh, well, this didn't work, so let's write another vision. No, 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 no. You know, if you feel passionate about something, it's really what you want, then really go for it. Just adjust the details, not the general vision. To that end, we are going to play our second clip of the show. This is from Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Uh, listeners, I recommend you um, get yourself a copy of this. If you go to the website, thespeedwayshow.com, you can actually click on, uh, now where is it? It's in resources under books. You can go and click on uh, the books, and you can check out a whole lot of books that we recommend including Barbara's book, and uh, Thinking Grow Rich is one of those that um, I certainly, and I think Barbara would agree, uh, highly recommend for anybody who is trying to get their arms around their vision, uh, moving from one place in your life to the place that you really want to be. So take a listen to this clip. Persist past your failures. The people who learn from experience the importance of persistence will not accept defeat as being anything more than temporary. They are the ones whose desires are so persistently applied that defeat is finally changed into victory. We see that an overwhelmingly large number of people go down in defeat, never to rise again. We also see the few who take the punishment of defeat as an urge to greater effort. But what we do not see what most of us never suspect of existing is the silent but irresistible power that comes to the rescue of those who fight on in the face of discouragement. If we speak of this power at all, we call it persistence and let it go at that. One thing is sure, if you do not have persistence, you will not achieve noteworthy success in any calling. Now, Barbara, I'm sure that you have some examples of people who have persisted past failures or times when it looks when it looked like they were failing 
and um, went on to accomplish their objectives. Do you? Oh, of course, yeah, there's plenty in history. And I think the, probably the most famous one is uh, Emerson. When he tried to when he tried to invent the light bulb, he it is said that he had 10,000 failures. I mean, 10,000 times that it didn't work before he finally had created the light bulb. I mean, how many of us had to fail 10,000 times before we achieved? I don't know anybody. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm persistent, I can tell you, but I don't know if I would be that persistent. I mean, 10,000 times, that's pretty mind-boggling. But he did it anyway because his dream was big enough. He thought it would be so important because it was a nuisance with all the with the oil lamps, you know, lots of fires and and it smelled and it was lots of work. So he wanted the light bulb and he wanted it bad enough and he was clear enough on his vision that he persisted. And he had help actually. He had a mastermind member. He worked together with Henry Ford. I mean Henry Ford was a very motivated and extremely successful man, as we all know. So uh, he had Henry Ford, who supported him also financially when the going was too tough, and he kept telling him, you can do it, you know, just in, just continue. Just continue. If you want this bad enough, and he did, that you will make it happen. And so he continued until he finally made it. So I think that's an example that we all know. And uh, yes. other examples other examples are Albert Einstein, for instance. Mm-hmm. Apparently he couldn't speak until he was four years old, and he couldn't read until he was seven. So his parents thought that he wasn't the brightest of kids. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> and, can imagine why they thought that. Yeah, and... And one of his teachers apparently described him as mentally slow, unsociable, and adrift, and always in foolish dreams, which was probably what made him be so creative in his in finding solutions. This is why he was such an incredible genius, because he was dreaming, which his teacher thought was foolish dreams, and please do not let people stop you dreaming. So he was expelled from school, and he was also refused admittance to a polytechnic school in Zurich, but eventually he learned to speak, and eventually he learned to read, and eventually he learned to do a little bit of math. Imagine that. Yeah, and, and we all know the results of it, you know. he It's just he take different. And and he's a genius. I mean, I use so many of his quotes because they're so to the point. I love his stuff. I mean, like one quote, my, one of my favorite quotes by him is, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. And don't we see that? I've heard that one. Don't we see that all the time? People are trying harder and harder and harder at the same thing that hasn't worked for them before. 
And they tried it one more time and one more time and one more time, but it didn't work. When Emerson had his 10,000 failures, he said, I didn't fail. I found 10,000 ways of how it didn't work. That's a very different, <laughs> you know, way That's of That's a really good way it. to look at it, right? right? Yeah. So, you know, there's plenty of examples of people who or, or uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, your president, ex-president. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think he went for presidency, I don't know how many times, I think at, at least three that I know of. But his history, if people read that, I mean, he was constantly not accepted for whatever he wanted to do. He had that dream to become president, and he was rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected, and he went for the next election, first as senator and so on and so on. And he was rejected so many times, and, you know, I'm sure that people were laughing about him and were belittling his efforts and everything, but in the end he did it. And he's another guy that I use a lot of quotes from because he was a very wise man. He did a lot of good. So it's it's up to us really to stay with those efforts. It's up to us to continue, even though the going gets tough at times. It's like when you want to lose weight and you have that plateau and, you know, nothing moves and you are really strict with yourself and you don't eat sweets and you don't drink beer and, you know, you do all the things you're not supposed to do when on diet and still you're not losing weight and you start to to feel like losing face. Mm -hmm. And then look at that picture of how you looked two months ago when you started. And how you look today, you will already look better for sure. And then, you know, take a picture with your head on it of someone that is has the figure that you want. And don't take one of those skinny models because they're way too thin, you know. I mean, a normal, <laughs> a normal body, not skinny, skinny. That's not healthy either. And, you know, look at the three things and you say, yeah, I'm on the way. I'm doing fine. Just need to have a little more patience. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I have and heard these, and persist, right. I've heard the yeah. reports of um of Thomas Edison and his his light bulb and um you know, I I I'm not sure what the number is. Uh, you say 10,000, I think I saw somewhere it was 1,000, but you know, the point is that he had to try over and over and um I've read somewhere that somebody asked him, "So, you know, how did it feel to fail?" Uh, all those times, and he said, you know, just like you said, he said, I didn't fail all those times. It's just that the light bulb was invented in, you know, 1,000 steps or however many times it actually mm-hmm. took him to finally get it. And I thought, you know, now that is looking very positively at, a, you know, something that other people might look at and say, wow, he failed all those times. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is a lot of times people don't realize, you know, we, we – we we see things when they hit the media and it feels like an overnight success and we don't realize that sometimes you know i was talking to keith white who was one of our past guests he's the ceo and president of cub foods uh which is a uh national uh it's a food chain store here in the united states and one of the things that he said just last week when he was talking on a panel was it took me 30 years to become an overnight success 
And exactly. I that struck me because oftentimes it takes years of planning. And, you know, one example that comes to mind is Microsoft. Because until it launched its Windows operating system that changed the world in 1985, you know, not many people had really paid attention to Microsoft. And what many people don't know is that Bill Gates and Paul Allen started the real work back in 1975. And who would have thought Microsoft was actually founded in 1976? That's when the company was incorporated. So from 1976, well, actually it was really from 1975, <laughs> To 1985, 10 years went by, and nobody really heard anything about Microsoft. And so it, it just tells you that the idea that I'm going to start this vision today and I'm going to somehow make it big tomorrow is just not a realistic one. So the question that I have for you, Barbara, is, you know, now that we've got this idea in our head that it might not be an overnight success, or it might be a 10, 20, 30-year overnight success, what are some effective ways that we can prepare for this kind of marathon, especially when at the beginning you don't really know how long it will take? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things is be very, 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 very crystal clear on what it is you want to achieve. I mean, really be crystal clear on that. Read your vision every day. Visualize it even better than reading it every day. Have it, you know, make a dream board, for instance, a, a carbon board you can use, and make a collage of pictures of all the things that will be in your life when your vision is achieved, you know, what your life will look like on day X when it finally happened, or the company, what the company will look like, you know, depending what you're working on, what you will look like. So, Make that so you have visual aids uh, everywhere in your house that you can actually see that will help you. Set a reasonable timeline. You know, be reasonable with yourself. Don't say, I'm going to make it in 90 days or I won't make it. And then you might as well not attempt it because you will probably not make it. You know, with that attitude, mm-hmm. you are hardly likely to make it. It's just going to, you know, it's just like, okay, let's do this. But tomorrow I can't because tomorrow I'm meeting a friend. And, well, then on Friday I have another, yeah, but Friday I can't do it because Friday I'm having having dinner with, you know, my boyfriend. And what about Saturday morning? Well, Saturday morning, you know, I sleep in because it's my, and, you know, I mean, people are like that. That sounds like me. (laughs) I don't think so. But for me, these are excuses. It's okay if you have a busy social life, that's great. However, if you have a dream, you want to achieve something, then you need to let go of some other path because you need time to achieve, whatever it might be. You need time for that. You need to make an effort. And if you don't want to change anything in your life, but you want a totally different result, then I remind you of what I, you know, the quote by Einstein. The definition <laughs> of insanity is doing the same thing that hasn't worked because you didn't get the results that you desired, so you need to change something, and that might also need some time. Uh, and so develop a good action plan that makes some shifts in your life. It doesn't have to be a massive shift today. Make small shifts. Every day, you know, make small changes every day. So that go in that direction where you want to be in your future doesn't, 
you know, very important, I think, that you don't need to change massively today and do things totally different, but make small shifts. And, of course, work towards it consistently, you know, stay on it, (laughs) stay on the case, stay on it. And when you have a roadblock, when you have a speed bump, when you have, you know, a hurdle on your road, which does happen, happens to all of us, when that happens, if you can't get past it by yourself, for instance, I was doing some paperwork yesterday. I have to finish an account for somebody that bought a property of me, and, you know, he still owes me some money, and it's such a complicated thing that I needed to do. And I ended up that he, I owed him some money, and I thought, that's impossible. How did you do that, you know? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So I had to stop because I couldn't get it. I, I was working for several hours and the results were horrible so I thought no you need to stop let it go and really focus on what you want to do the rest of the day and I was giving a speech at Toastmasters last night so I thought okay I'm going to practice my speech and totally shift my way of thinking into something totally different and then I met my best my oldest friend my childhood friend and we had meal together before I went to Toastmasters And I took her along so she could hear me speak. And it was a very emotional evening. And today, I started the day off doing this paperwork, and I I got it done in half an hour. Sometimes we need to get ourselves out of the situation. And, you know, with fresh thinking, with a new solution, and with a different mindset, we get it done really fast. If that doesn't work, then really get yourself a coach or a mentor, and I'm serious about that. I have coaches and mentors almost continuously. Right now I'm in between, but at the moment I'm also not that active. But when I'm very active, I have a coach. And I'm a coach myself. I could coach myself, and I do quite often. But it's not the same. It's a different person that looks onto your life without emotion. Mm-hmm. They are not stuck in the middle of it. They are outside, and they have a totally different perspective, and they can help you very fast. If you have a good coach, I mean, normally when I coach people, I don't try to keep them with me for the next six months or five years, you know, as some people do. I try to get them results within one or two sittings so that they, you know, <laughs> they say, ah, Get it. Yeah, they see. Oh, wow! Oh, this is. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, never thought of that. Of course, because you, you know, in the mid, you are in the middle of it. I'm sure if somebody else had looked at my paperwork yesterday, they would have seen the mistake that I'd made very, very quickly. But mm-hmm. I was so stuck in it, and I, as I hate doing it, you know. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. So get well, help for yourself. One of the things I I wanted to mention, and maybe this is as an example, when you talked about how you have to be flexible, um, there was a time when I decided that I needed to go to the gym because I wanted to get in shape and I wanted to be fit and I wanted to, you know, improve my quality of life and all of this good stuff, right? So I decided I'm going to, my goal was I'm going to the gym three times a week. 
And I was laughing earlier because I did exactly what you were describing. So I was supposed to go to the gym after work every, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Well, one Monday I had a meeting that ran late, so gee shucks, it was too close to bedtime by the time I would have finished, so I didn't go. Then there was another day when I had a I had dinner plans with a friend, and so gee shucks, I couldn't go. <laughs> then it was just the day when I was just tired. It was the end of the day. It had been a long day. It had been a difficult day. I was tired, so I didn't go. And so I'm looking at this dream and this, you know, this goal of mine. It wasn't really so much a dream. Well, I had a dream about what I wanted to look like, but I wasn't doing it because I had all these excuses for why I couldn't go to the gym. And what I finally realized was the one and only time that I could guarantee that nothing would get in the way was in the morning before I went to work. And so part of the reason I get up so early is because, Three times a week, my goal is I'm going to go to the gym, and I have to be there in order to be uh, up and about and at work in, in, in reasonable time. I have to be at the gym at 4.30 in the morning. So I get up at 4, and I go to the gym, and uh, usually around 4.30, and I, I get my workout done. And now I actually get there three to four times a week, but the point is, you know, you might have a perfectly good objective, but it's in the execution that you have to persist, and sometimes you get discouraged because you just start thinking, well, I'm never, you know, I never go to the gym, and if I only go once a week when I can make it, it doesn't really make a difference, so I may as well not go anyway. And so you have to stick to it, and you have to stay with it, and you have to say, what is it that I can change in order to be successful? And so this is how you end up creating a light bulb in, you know, 1,000 steps or however, however many Mm-hmm. steps it took to actually get there. So now, Barbara, I'm fascinated. We have a few minutes left, and in those few minutes, I think we have about two or three minutes, but um, just briefly talk to us about a mastermind. You've talked a little bit about having people who can help you, but one of the things you talk about in the To Be book is the concept of this mastermind. So quickly explain to us what that is. Well, the mastermind, Napoleon Hill in his book also talks about it. He has a whole chapter on it. A mastermind group is a small group of people who are committed to their own, you know, achievements. And they join forces, like Henry Ford and and, uh, Edison, you know, they join forces. And they mastermind it. And almost every successful person has another person behind them or a side of them who is helping them, who is supporting them, who is giving them advice. And masterminding means that it's a bunch of people. In my mastermind groups, we have between 6 and 12 people normally, not more, never more than that. And we meet once a week. In that, when we meet, everybody can get their stuff out. You know, what's been holding you back? What worked? What didn't work? Why do you think it didn't work? How did you do it? And then the rest of the group, you know, they listen. They listen with their fresh ears because they are not stuck in the problem. And they help. They give their input. Just imagine how much resources, how many resources you have when you have six heads working on the same problem. Totally Mm -hmm. different approaches. Uh, You will get totally different answers. And it's amazing how fast people move. And another thing also that I think is very vital in the mastermind concept, this is only for committed people. I mean, I really warn everybody. This is if you want to get 
things done in your life. You know, I mean, really, I love the mastermind group because they kick me in the butt too. You know, it's not as long as if I, I don't have my weaknesses, definitely do. And that's why I like it so much. You get an accountability partner. So every member has an accountability partner that holds them accountable for what they said last week they're going to do in this week. You know, okay. what I and And, you know, you get sort of, oh, well, I didn't do it because, and then you come up with your excuses. And I tell you, you do that once or twice, and you're just going to realize yourself, because it's nothing to the other person, really, you know, they didn't have that <laughs> that goal for that week, but it's you that that you're going to listen to yourself and you say, hey, that was just an excuse. Okay. Oh, that is wonderful. Well, Barbara, that thank you very, so much for... Well, thank you. <laughs> we are at the end of our hour. So oh, thank you very much for joining so us. And I know it does fly so fast. There's so much we could keep talking about, isn't there? Mm. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Check out the books, check out the comments, and uh, let us know what you think of the show at thespeedwayshow.com. And uh, join us next month for our Christmas series. Until then, this is Speedway Pierce saying thank you and go in peace. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Until next time, live well, live fully, and love deeply.